Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome back to the podcast today. Finally, finally, it's taken a months, and then today's taken like an hour. <laughs> we have Coach Harrison. He is uh, the head coach at Bethel College in Kansas. Coach, it's about time we got you on. It's taken an hour today with technology. Well, hey, hey I mean, it's taken an hour today in like a six-month process the last time we tried to do it. So I, I promise you I'm not as high-maintenance as this is. However this has worked out, I probably am like the – least favorite guest you've had so far as far as getting it done so i hey man i appreciate the patience and uh excited to do it so i love love talking to people and meeting new people and talking ball yeah i think the last time something happened and then illinois we started all of our seasons like january 29th i coach all three of them so from january 29th until last friday i've been coaching nonstop. man like we had basketball first then football and then track and then when track ended, summer basketball started and summer football started. There we go. No break. I think that was our deal because we, we did a split season, you know, so we played eight in the fall. And then I think right when we were trying to get connected was when our spring was starting. And it was just uh, – it's been a crazy – you know, the best part, hey, hearing it from you means we all were going through it together. And, you know, hopefully we never have to go through something like that again. So I'm ready for normal coming up real soon. Yeah, uh, this past week was like a dead period where, like, it's open weight room. We don't have to be there. And I said, I'm getting out and doing nothing for, like, four or five days. Yeah, like, no cool. basketball, no football. And then they said, there's a track camp. You want to work in? I was like, no, <laughs> you guys got it. I don't need to do that. Hey, I think uh, if, I've, if I've done anything right, I think people need a break. I think kids need a break. Uh, adults need a break. And um, we, uh, we, we, tra- we take football very seriously at Bethel, but we take breaks. And we I think it – you know, it was an absence makes the heart grow fonder, I guess. And so I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, because we we saw in the football kids a week ago, like they're, they're just burnt out because mm-hmm. like Illinois was just, I'm not going to get into politics, but Illinois was stupid. Mm-hmm. It was like January 29th or the February 1st was your first practice. And then you packed basketball from then until March 13th. But the first football practice was March 3rd. So they had to pick or they did both. And then that went on till April, but then like April 12th was track and baseball. Like it was <laughs> well, you talk about kids being burnt out. That's kind of what I felt like 
I think our conference, honestly, goodness, I think we did it better than any level, anybody in the country. We did, basically, they scheduled the fall, but allowed for flex dates. That way, if your game was canceled, you pushed it to the spring, which was great. I mean, we got we got eight games in this fall. It, I mean, it was awesome. And our, you know, some of our, some conference schools didn't get as many, but the flip, you know, you know, and looking back, you know, what is it? Hindsight's twenty twenty. but this spring, we were doing like 14 periods, so about an hour long practice. And we were, it seemed like we never took a break, I guess is the point. And so I think it was the best, you know, given the information we had coming into the fall from the summer. And if everybody remembers where we're at a year ago, it was an awesome idea. I think it was great, but you know, we ran, we, we lost to the national champion in the playoffs and Lindsey Wilson, and they played all their games in the spring and, you know, you just wonder, like, did they, you know, you, that's what you wonder, right? It's not, they were good. They won the national championship for a reason. But, man, that, that those weeks of practice leading into those games this spring, our guys were, you know, we normally practice 20 periods. And by the end, we were doing 12 and 14, and it felt like 40 periods. And so, I think it, it just – it was a long year, you know, is the point of that. And we were trying to be very conscious of our kids' time and energy. And we were, we were having short practices, but it was still just long, long, long practices, you know. And so, anyway, it was uh, – you know, burnout was real, I guess, at some point. And so be careful what you ask for. People want to do football year round. And then when we, we just did it and it's like, no, I don't know if that's the best thing. <laughs> so. No, I love coaching. I've done free sports for a long time, but this was like the first time where it was like back. One day I remember going to track in the morning, basketball in the afternoon and the, or football in the afternoon, basketball in the evening, like one yeah. day. And I'm at two schools. I coach football at one school and the other two at another. Yeah. So I had a change of scenery, but so I walk in what's your name? Like, I couldn't remember. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and that happened this past week, like the last week of football, we're out there doing stuff. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm yeah. tired. I love football. I was like, I'm tired of football. I need to sit on the recliner and do nothing. I agree. No, I 100% agree, man. Well, it's, uh, like I said, knock on wood, hopefully we're all back to normal cycle of a year. I hope so, because that's what we got told, which was frustrating, was the summer schedule, go back to normal. That's what it was told. Go back to normal. Like, oh, just a drop of a hat. You're back to normal. But yeah, here we go. We're back to normal. So we schedule like <laughs> normal joint practices, seven <laughs> on seven. It, it, it's been crazy. And I think I get next week off too, actually. So it's going to be nice. Here we go, man. Take a break. That's good. Because the head football coach, he told me, he's like, you are going to get burnt out. Yeah. And I was like, I know, but it's fine. <laughs> if I, I, told him, I can make it to the end of June, I'll be good. But if I come to football practice and I'm saying basketball terms or track terms, you need to tell me to leave. Yeah, exactly I don't know right. Anymore. For sure. Um, so you guys are NAIA, right? Correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Because I've talked to a lot of NAIA coaches and I'm like, you guys still play good football because I was talking to somebody about recruiting because we just saw the money thing that's going to happen. But originally it was recruiting was I used to coach kids that said division one or bust, division one or bust. Mm-hmm. And I finally had to sit them down and say, you're a senior. If they haven't called you, it's not going to happen. What about NAIA? What about Division Three? What about Division Two? Well, that's not good football. I'm like, you obviously don't watch NAIA football. It's great football. Yeah. And you just described that in Kansas. Like, it just sounds like it's great football that way in that conference. Yeah, you know, the NAIA, you know, it's, it's it, the problem. With, there's no problem, right? We, there, NAIA has great football players and great coaches. Our conference just is right now on this surge of success and – you know, full of great coaches and great players. And, um, you know, what people don't realize is I don't, I'm not going to get the dates right, but so let me use the 80. I'm going to, I'm going to say the eighties, right. But it was either seventies or eighties, whatever it was, but you know, Pittsburgh state in our, in our, in our state is a division two nationally known division two Fort Hayes, um, 
down, you get into the Eastern New Mexico, the division twos down there. Well, in the seventies and eighties, they were NAI schools. Mm -hmm. Okay. So almost every, almost every division two currently was an NAI school at, you know, 30 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. I mean, forgive me again on the dates, but it's something like that. Well, 30, 40 years ago is when the NCAA, you know, all of a sudden took all these people in and became one, you know, one, um, one umbrella that's going to cover, you know, division one, division two, division three, and, and all that. And so what's unique is that most people don't know that. Right. And so they don't understand that at one point, if you go to Pitt state, they want, when they won national championships, which they're known for, they were NAI national championships. All mm-hmm. right. And that, that would be true for a lot of division twos. And so the only reason I say that is it's just not a familiar, as familiar, familiar a term with people as it is now. Here's what I, this is what I tell recruits and families. NEI, what does NEI mean versus NCAA? We play by the same rules on the football field. Um, we give scholarship money. We beat NCAA schools in scholarships, and we don't beat them at other times. It, it really is unique to each institution. What NEI means is the NCAA doesn't tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. And so since I've become a coach at Bethel, if I wanted to, before the, before this uh, NL, name, NIL, NLL, sorry, NIL came out, I could take families to lunch. I could buy my, if my players, if my line, if we rush for 500 yards, I can take my line out to eat and I'm not going to get penalized by the NCAA. So quite honestly, for coaches out there and for parents, they're so accustomed to hearing NCAA. When they hear NEI, they think, you know, it's just different and they don't know how to interpret that. What we try to educate people on is, look, all it means is the NCAA doesn't tell me what to do. Outside of that, quite honestly, it is the exact same. I talked to Division II coaches all over the country, and I have friends. Our scholarshiping is the same, if not similar. Our, um, you know, and it is institution to institution, but quite honestly, it just means they don't tell us what to do. And so I think when you think about it that way, it makes it way easier. And, you know, and the NEI is on the forefront of this. You know, we were doing the name, image, and likeness thing a year ago. So this whole big news thing that they're seeing right now in the NCAA, the NEI passed that, you know, one year ago. And I think what they do is um, the NEI does a great job of they just don't overburden the institutions with stupid rules. That doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not knocking the NCAA. And at some point there has to be rules. I understand that. But what the NEI done, all these rules that you hear people argue about for the NCAA, well, the NEI, does, they haven't had those rules ever, you know? And so it just, it's kind of common sense, I guess, in that regard. And so, you know, it, we try to tell coaches all the time, you know, that some things are our, aren't our fault, but are our problem. There, there's great schools out there. There's great recruiters out there. There's very genuine and upfront recruiters out there. And then there's others that may not be as genuine and upfront. And so, unfortunately, like with Division Three and with NEI and some Division Twos, there's just been some guys that have done things not right. I guess I'll put it that way. And through recruiting, um, we have to overcome that. So a lot of our hurdles in recruiting weren't our fault. They're someone, you know, they are our problem, but they weren't our fault. And so there's just a lot of myths and misconceptions out there that aren't true. And so, you know, I can tell you as a coach, we have recruited against division two schools and our scholarship beats the division two school. And, and it goes both ways. And the same is true for Division Three, and that's why we just love to tell coaches, look, if we're recruiting your kid, the families and the parents are going to have a legitimate financial aid picture, scholarship picture, what we project them as as a player um, from the get-go. And unfortunately, that's not the case for everybody, but that's true at the Division One level. There's a reason why the transfer portal is overflowing, um, and it comes from, in at least my experience, of probably a um, – not a genuine and truthful upfront message in recruiting. Um, 
and, and people aren't getting a realistic picture of what they, you know, why they choose a school. So that was a long rant on NEI and what it is. But no, look, we just played, we just lost a national champion in the playoffs. I'm the best team I've ever coached against, right? So I, I was a high school coach in Kansas for 12 years. Before I got into college, um, we've been ranked in the top, as high as 12, and I think maybe even 11, 10 at one point. Regardless, we've been pretty good and, and won a lot of games. Um, that Lindsey Wilson team had as good a football player as I've ever seen, and grown men 21 and 22 years old. And so I think the best thing I wish as a high school coach, I would, I would have came and watched. We're busy on Saturdays, right? You coach football. Saturday, you're watching film, and you're getting ready for the next opponent. It would, I think, man, if there was a way a high school staff, everybody wants to go watch K-State in Alabama or wherever you're near Illinois or whatever, the nearest Division One school, man, it would just be so much, it would be so beneficial for high school coaches to say, look, we're going to go to a Division Three game this year. We're going to go to a Division Two game. We're going to go to an NEIA game and we're going to go to a, you know, Division One game. And man, I think that would, it would open a, a lot of people's eyes to what the NEI is because we have, we had 20 staffs visit our practices the last spring ball we had. And every coach was like, Oh my God, coach, I didn't realize these are the type of kids you have. And I think that's how we tend to educate people is having them at our practice because they get to be there and interact and see. And so I don't know. I like to share that with as many people as possible, not to go on that long tangent. I apologize, but I think it for people that don't know what the NEI is, and this is true for division three, division two, go watch a practice in the spring. Number one, you'll get to, you know, see some awesome football. But number two, you can really eyeball the kids. And then it's a true measuring stick on where where your kid may fit. You know, your your level of football picks you. You don't necessarily get to pick it. You know, I, I don't know if you know this, Coach, but I was going to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys when I was a kid. That was my dream, right? Um, unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys had something to say about that, right, or not say about that. And so I think it is wise for people to visit all those options. So anyway, that's more than you asked for in that whole rant, right? No, that's that's fine. I told you I'll do the same thing because I knew about NAIA's, but again, if it's not publicized, you don't know because the whole thing is Twitter. What are they posting? The the recruiting. I, my the Twitter thing bothers me. Like I love Twitter, but when they post, oh, I'm open recruiting. The DMs are open, and it's like, oh goodness. And then I've started to boast about NAIA from the podcast because I've had um, Saint Xavier University's right down the street. I've talked to yeah. their their line coach, their OC. Um, then I knew a coach at, uh, I don't think it's NAIA, um, but it's in Juliet, St. Francis. I know a coach there. They played each other. Yeah. So like I've talked to coaches on podcast or reached out and it's just, they've said everything you said about it. So for me now, when kids want to go play somewhere, division one or bust, and I have to break the news to them, like you're a senior, if they haven't called you, it's not going to happen. One, one double A hasn't called you. It's not going to happen, but guess what? There's division two, division three, and there's NAIA. And I said the same thing, like, What's that? I was like, NCAA doesn't tell you. Like, I'll never forget, I played one year at Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois got my butt kicked. It was over. It was done. Like I said, I was going to be U of I starter, and that never happened. Mm-hmm. And I never forget, we got told if someone buys you a lunch out somewhere and you're on that scholarship, not for me, I was a walk-on, but scholarship, they get in trouble because they bought you food at Buffalo Wild Wings. So yeah. then I said, well, what if the kid's in a class and he meets his group at lunch and he bought them the first time and they were going to repay and buy it the second time nope that's still illegal i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> but that's just stupid rules that come out but like any i you don't worry about that like it's common yeah. sense it seems like to me over there yeah it, like you talked about it, it is the, the common sense thing is what the best way i put it and, and, and then think from a coach's perspective you don't have to <laughs> i don't have to stress about that or you know it's just 
you know, we're able to do those things. And I think that's what, I, I, there's a lot of benefits to NEI. I'll say that. And then like you talked about, there are great programs out there and what's going to happen in recruiting. I think people are starting to kind of figure this out. Um, the, the le- NEI, every level is about to improve exponentially because of this transfer portal thing. Um, they're, they're just great players out there. And there's just, um, you know, we've all, I, I'm the same way with you. We use Twitter to promote our program. You, that's probably how you heard of me in the first place, to be honest with you. We, we use Twitter, Twitter to promote our program not for recruiting as far as finding prospects. Well, that's not true for every program, but for us, at least, we use it for promoting our program, right? And so I agree with you. It is, you know, Twitter's crazy. <laughs> you know, it is, you have to take it with a grain of salt and, you know, it, it is what it is, right? But it is a great tool to market your program. It's a great way to market the NEI. But anyway, with, with the reason why I said Twitter was um, you see these graphics that talk about, you know, what percentage of kids play high school football, this or that. Well, it, that's even changing. And, um, all you can do, you can't, we don't, we cannot make a kid do anything. We, we just try to educate people, but this transport portal thing is not a one year recruiting issue for kids. It, it is going to be lasting and it's going to take years, if not a decade for everything to, if it ever gets back to what it was. And so what's happening is there's just the high school kid, unless you're that, the very the top tier of whatever percentage that is of those FBS kids. And we all know them. I mean, I coached against them in high school. When they walk in the room, they're different. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, there's just going to be less opportunities at the FBS level. And so it's going to triple down in a good way um, to help every level get better. And, and, and arguably kids end up where they belonged anyway. Right. And so um, I don't know. It, it's awesome. It's been fun for us. We've, we've been, very successful in recruiting and we, we, we love the way we do it. We have really good players and um, you know, it's a, uh, it is a crazy time though for a high school coach. Cause I think back when I was a high school coach, what would I advise these guys to do? And, you know, unfortunately, you know, some, you can't make reality's reality and, and you have to accept that reality. And so for some kids, if some kids just believe I'm, I'm either playing at our, uh, Alabama or I'm not going to play football and that's okay. My job is to find out who that kid is and not recruit them to spend time on the kid that is, you know, that is interested and grateful. And so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a crazy job and it's a, it's a crazy time to recruit, but even more than that, it's a crazy time to be recruited. And, you know, the hard part is kids are getting advice from guys that played 20 years ago. And even me, my last year playing was 05 and I coached in 06. So that's 15 years ago. Well, think of how much the recruiting landscape has changed in three years, one, two years, one year, much less 15 years ago. And this is no one's fault, by the way, I'm not taking shots at anyone the hard part is some people who are just trying to do best by the kids are giving them their best advice and the, their wisdom and their knowledge. Unfortunately, that's 20 year old knowledge and, and the game is changing every year. And so that, I think for me, that's what's helped me. I don't get frustrated in recruiting. I don't get mad at kids in recruiting. I mean, I, I just don't, it, it is hard. I mean, sometimes, and you know, especially as a, as a college coach, you be, you're a stranger. I mean, it's what we are. We're a stranger to a kid and a family and you have to earn trust over time. And, so our kids going to believe us, even though we may know the recruiting landscape better, they're going to naturally believe their dad, uncle, cousin, coach that they've known for a long time. Unfortunately, sometimes that person is giving them 20 year old advice. And so that's the man. I'm, I just, I'm just glad I'm not a recruit right now more than anything. So that's not a shot at anyone. That's just the landscape that we're all in. Um, and it's um, how to navigate that is, man, really hard, I guess, is the point. And, and it is unique to each person and it is unique to each school. And so that's the challenge us as recruiters have. Um, 
how do you overcome those hurdles, you know, and those obstacles and educate and it's a two way street. I have to be willing to educate someone knowing I may not get that kid, but it's the right thing to do. And then on the flip side, that recruit and family has to be open to hearing the truth, not as an insult or a shot at them as this is where we're at. And so, you know, it's a fun job, I guess is the point, right? <laughs> so it is not coaching football. It is a totally different job, you know, so. I think maybe you said it, it, this COVID thing where they get an extra year on their scholarship. I've talked to a college coach that screwed it up because now they have to keep that and they don't have as much opening. So it's like maybe they were recruiting some offensive tackles. Well, now they're all coming back. So mm-hmm. it's like, do you really need that now? Do you have the money to do that now? So now you got to tell this kid, listen, you were supposed to come here next year, but now we don't have the scholarship because everybody stayed. So now you've got to make a decision as a kid. Well, now i got to leave. I can't go – to the U of I, or I can't go, or Alabama, or wherever. Mm-hmm. Now I think you might see NIAs blow up. I think you're going to see community colleges blow up because mm-hmm. they might say, go here for a year and then come back. Yeah, yes and no, right? I don't disagree with you, but the problem trickles down to the junior college level because they have roster limitations too, right? Mm-hmm. They can't. They have the same roster limitations. And the JUCOs, most of them didn't play. It, it truly is. I think the COVID thing is a whole other. So there's this recruiting dynamic we talked about. And then the COVID year is its own animal, which is going to be unique to this these two years, right? So, yeah. Well, I mean, you're I, saying, like, is it going to balance it? Because it was crazy before. And then COVID put icing on top of it. And yeah. so now it's like, how is it going to balance out? Like you said, it might take two years. But with COVID, it might yeah. take three or four years. Yeah, I think three. Three to four. You're right. Yeah, 100% right. Because that's the deal, right? Because even the kid that you, that we're talking about, this kid that maybe was on a Division One depth chart or uh, recruiting board, well, the JUCOs had the same kids, right? And so they, they just pushed their rosters another year, too. So that spot – just because you lost a spot here, you didn't gain a spot here if we're looking at a spreadsheet. So, man, it truly is unique. It is unique to each. I think each individual roster is its own roster, you know, and so you can't even throw, you can't even lump it all into FBS Division One, FCS Division Two, because it, I think it truly is each institution. Because, for instance, our quarterback was conference player of the year. He, he is not taking advantage of this year. He, he just, he's going to student, he could play. Mm-hmm going to student teach and he just wants to be a grown-up you know he, he's that is I played four years of, I was just done when I when I when I got to that age I was done you know and so that's kind of where he's at he loved football he was conference player of the year four-year starter all kinds of records and everything but he's like man coach he was really excited when he first heard about the extra year then he was just like I just want to I just want to teach and start my life and and who can and, and that's right so so that created a roster opportunity for us at quarterback that so, and that could be happening elsewhere, I guess, is the point. So we used offensive tackle. Well, maybe at University of Tulsa, maybe that tackle just, you know, he just doesn't want to go through the whole, the grind, the, he used that word, but the grind of a season, which is real. Um, and he wants to go be a businessman and, and not do that. And so I think it truly is unique to each roster. And that's why why g- being genuine and upfront in recruiting. And then on the flip side as a recruit, knowing you're doing all your homework is so important because you want to know, you know, it's, it's not apples to apples. It is, it is truly each individual roster. So if you have three schools talking to you, knowing that roster is really important because, you know, it, you just, with this COVID thing, like you talked about, who knows, right? And this is all a theory. I mean, I could be wrong, but you, but what I, it does make sense when I talk to someone like you coach, it's probably a two or three year process, you know, right. maybe four at a different institution. So, you know, crazy time <laughs> for sure. 
Yeah, we just jumped down that recruiting rabbit hole. This is that's the podcast is rabbit holes. That's what. Yeah, I, that's good. Hey, I, hey, you know what? That's good. That's way more fun. Than, at this point, it's it's not talking scheme, which is cool. You know, it's something else, right? So, I I call like the the sports Joe Rogan. We'll just jump down some rabbit holes, and I tell coaches to pull me back out if I jump down <laughs> too far, and then we'll just move on to something else. They used to have a script of like what we would talk about. Yeah. I think it was Coach McPherson in Florida. I think I talked to him one day, and he goes, don't use that. You don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Because on his, you know, he's in the whiteboard. He's talking scheme on his YouTube channel. And he goes, we don't have to do scheme. We can talk about whatever. So we talk about golf yeah. and WWE. We're more than just football coaches. And I just kind of yeah. just took off from that. And I was like, oh, screw it. We're not going to have these questions, which are great. I know coaches that do podcasts and their questions, and that's fantastic. Yeah. I just flow. I'm like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Well, that is, well, this funny part, it's like a day in our, this is how our office works, man. You know, I've, the guys I've coached with, I've known for so long, man. Well, we're sitting there talking recruiting and then two minutes later, we're talking about aliens, you know, and it's like, how did that happen? You know, but that's kind of the benefit of the job and the fun of the job, right? When you work with friends, you get to, you know, have a good time and do that. So I know, Hey man, trust me. I'm, I just want to date, whatever you want to talk about, I'm good with. And I appreciate it. Like I said, talking recruiting is crazy. And honestly, you know, that little rabbit hole, hope it might shed light on someone listening to this that had never thought of it that way. Right. And, um, you know, especially, you know, just by percentage, right. The majority of people listening to podcasts are going to be high school coaches, right. Just, Mm -hmm. just, and so, man, if anything, you know, if I can get a plug in to say, look, each any high school, there no two are the same. Um, just like no division two are the same. But I think that idea of if you have a staff, and, and I believe we are that staff that are very upfront and genuine recruiting, man, we're gonna we're gonna treat kids right. And, and you know, we our job is to lead a kid as as important as to get a kid to come play for us that we want. It's equally as important to find the kid that's not the right fit for us for various reasons, you know. And so I think our retention rates like eighty seven percent. I don't know if you're familiar with the small college, but that's in, that's really high. Yeah. Uh, and we think that's through recruiting. Um, we just don't have a revolving door of kids. We have a – our kids come and they stay. You know, there's always issues. And, you know, even kids that go to FBS schools don't – they uh, their retention – you look at, the, like I said, the transfer portal. But um, we think it's through recruiting. And hopefully, you know, if someone listens to this that don't know us and they only see us on Twitter, you know, singing Father Abraham and putting Peaky Blinder gifts out there, at least they – they know we we do take recruiting very seriously as far as being upfront and genuine. So, The Coach Steve Show is sponsored by the Launchpad Kickoff Team. If you're a football coach out there, high school, college, NFL, doesn't matter, and you're looking for that edge for your special teams, for your kicker, for the kickoff, onsides, you guys need to go to launchpadkickofftee.com. If you have a younger guy trying to develop the kicker, you want the ball to get to the end zone, you need to go to Launchpad Kickoff Tee. This tee gives a coach a strategic options for squib kicks, onsides, everything. It is proven that your kicker will kick off farther. It is legal for NCAA, for high school, okay? The Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a game changer. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS, to use the code CSS, you can get a Launchpad Kickoff Tee for 10% off. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. You can use the code CSS for the Coach Steve Show to get 10% off. Also, there's a bundle. You can get one for 10% off. You can go to two and get more percent off. Or there's an option to buy four. If you click the option to buy the four kickoff tees, if you like it so much, when you use the code CSS, 
you'll get the fourth one free. So instead of paying full price for all four, you'll get three. So go to launchpadkickoffteak.com slash CSS, use the code CSS, get 10% off, buy four to get the fourth one free. This is a game changer, guys. It does more than just hold your balls. Go get the Launchpad Kickoff Tee today to give your kicker an edge for next season. As you guys know, the Coach Steve Show is also brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. The Unhinged Sports Network is a 24-hour, seven days a week, non-stop playing uh, radio podcast about any sport that you guys can imagine. They have a proud partnership with Fanatics. So if you go to the link in the description, uh, go to Fanatics, use that link, and go get some gear to support the Coach Steve Show and to support the Unhinged Sports Network. They have deals all the way up to 70% off. They have deals for free shipping, and they have every single sports team you could think of. Your college team is going to be on there. Your professional team is going to be on there. They have good deals on jerseys, t-shirts, hats, socks, anything you want. So please use the link in the description to go to fanatics.com. Say big on your team's gear to help support the the Unhinged Sports Network and to support the Coach Steve Show. Well, that's important. And then when when you're like that, even if you don't get a kid, that coach, that high school coach can say, well, they were very genuine to this kid. I'm going to send them this kid because that fits what they were looking for. So it's all about relationships that way too. Like every college coach I've been fortunate enough to have on here is kind of the same thing. And it's always the smaller schools. I haven't gotten division one yet. We haven't gotten that big, but everybody else seems to be very genuine about it. So I told the kids like, don't just think it's going to be Alabama or whatever. I haven't coached a kid that went to Alabama. Never have. But like, don't think it's going to be this or it's going to be you. U of I trying to turn around. I'm. I love U of I. I Grew up 20 minutes from campus. Yeah. Turn around like you may not go U of I. You may not go Northwestern. But look at all these other schools you never heard of that are probably really good at football, probably really good at education, and you'll probably stay there and play four years. Yeah, well, you know, you, you, for whatever reason, this spurred into my brain, man, and this is just something for high school coaches to think about. And I was a high school coach, so when I'm saying high school coach, man, this is not – I mean, I, I still consider myself a high school coach. I think it's one of the secrets to our success is we actually have a bunch of high school coaches. You know, when you're a high school coach, you do everything. You, you drag the equipment out to the field and you, you, you do it all. Well, that so at the small college level, you, it's the same job. I mean, honestly, it is as far as day to day operations, it's the same job. You have more jobs than you can handle. You're short staffed, um, and I think one of our secrets is we're a bunch of high school guys that we're, there's no job. I mean, I take the I'm the one that takes the field. I, I put the equipment out every day and I pick it up. So I mean, you know, I don't. I guess I don't have some delusion or you know illusion of grandeur. So anyway, that being said it made me think about one of the biggest hurdles we have found in recruiting. And it is maybe something for coaches to reflect on. We were recruiting a kid. Um, it doesn't matter the position, but because who knows who listens to this, but phenomenal player. We projected him very high and like this kid's going to come in and he got shot to play right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't over recruit. We, we keep, we have the smallest roster in our conference. So we, we limit our recruiting as opposed to some guys just, and it's not wrong, by the way, there's really good teams that bring in 200 kids. We just don't do that, but it was getting down to the wire. And this kid was getting talked to about walking on at a division one school out of state. So it doesn't matter, but he's getting, and he told me, coach, I want to come to Bethel, but I, if I tell anyone that I know they'll feel like I let them down. 
and he 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 was worried that so he liked us more than this division one school he liked us the way we recruited him he felt like we jived he felt like man i can see myself there and graduating from there but he ended up choosing walking on um and so you want to talk about scholarshiping and people talk about out of pocket he chose to walk on with no money to an to a division one school out of position that we wanted him at because he wanted people to be proud of him that you just wrap your brain around that, you know, and that's, that's the hardest part of recruiting is one of the things that at the small, and this is anywhere you're at, you have to overcome this idea that you want to recruit these great players that, because in the end, we all want to win championships, right? We want to do it right. And every coach is going to say that. And it's true. But for us, like we just lost the national champion. Well, we know, okay, this is the level of kid we need to, to, to take that. You know, we were one quarter away from being with them at the end. Mm-hmm. And so we know what level of player we need. And that kid's going to be fighting between walking on partial scholarship at a division one level or coming to play for us. And to have a kid say that, man, it, I was heartbroken for that kid, you know, because he knew his fit was with us. He knew this was the right spot for him and he'd have success here, but he was worried about letting people down in the community and his high school coach and all that, man, that was very, that was a pretty humbling deal. And we ended up getting, you know, we ended up being fine at that position. It's okay. But there are pressures like that, that kids are facing. And that's not just unique to Bethel. Think if that's a Division three school in Illinois or a Division two school in Illinois. Well, nowadays, um, and this is not wrong because I did the same thing as a high school coach, so I always have to share this, right? But, you know, kids are signing at their signing ceremonies as walk-ons, which is fine, by the way. It's cool. They celebrate that um, and treat it like they're signing a full scholarship. And it does look – it's such good publicity for your high school. It, it is wise to do that. But – the, I, it would be interesting to know for me, and I don't know what the data is, if the NCAA tracks it, but how many kids walk on and they retain for four years at the, at the highest level? My assumption is that number's lower than that comes for us on scholarship and stays for four years. All right. But see that sometimes. That can be very interesting. And, you know, talk about rabbit holes. This is sometimes when I'm on Twitter and I see this stuff and I know that I recruited this kid and I see him, you know, sign to walk on. And it just makes you wonder, like, is that kid going to make it? And is his experience going to be better than what we could have provided? And so that one unique scenario is what made me kind of start thinking about that, you know, and I think there are times I think coaches don't necessarily think of that. They think of the, the on signing day, that spring of their senior year, well, I'd rather them walk on, let's use Illinois since you're, you know, that's where you're talking. I'd rather them say and sign at, as a walk on the university of Illinois then go to, um, you know, a school you mentioned earlier. I think we said St. Xavier, right? Mm-hmm. Then St. Xavier, because it sounds better and it looks better for that high school program. It's like, well, is that best for the kid, you know? And so that's um, – there's two sides of recruiting, right? The, the college coach has to be genuine and do a good job of educating parents and the high school coach and everyone on the recruiting process. Um, and then the flip side is, is them doing their homework so that we can celebrate – um, I'm a Kansas guy, so luckily for me, a lot of my kids personally that I've gotten have come from Kansas, and I know these high school coaches. And when we get a kid, it is a celebration, and 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 we're all on the same page. And coaches are they're just as excited about that as them going to a Pitt State or a K State, since that's our state. And so, you know, it's a complex thing, right? That <laughs> how to how to you know all these moving parts and egos and personalities. And so, you know, people who say they want to be a college football coach, you know, that's 
that's the job. And the majority of college football coaching is at the small college level. Like the biggest FBS is that's a very small percentage of us. You know, most college coaches are the NEI division three, division two, um, junior college or the FCS level, you know? And so that's a, you know, it's pretty crazy to think about and, you know, all the recruiting hurdles and all the stuff that goes on with that, knowing that it's not a kid's fault. Their dream is to play at Illinois. And we've said Alabama, that's just always the easy target. It's not that it's fault. It's just when that doesn't materialize, what next, right? And so, you know, it's um, that's what we've tried to work really hard at is just the education piece. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Well, that's the social media thing too. That's like you said, it's image. Um, I also think it depends on where you're at. If you're at a big prestigious high school, you have that image. They have to go to U of I. They have to go to, you know, Oregon. They have to go here. Um, I talked to another coach about this. I've been pretty fortunate. One school a couple of years ago was like a low income school and they praise everything. Division three. And if a kid goes to college, they're signing there. He's posting it on social media. He does not care. The fact that they're getting out is like this huge thing. Walk on scholarship, it didn't matter. And the coach I'm for with now, that's the whole thing. He's a new head coach. He's like, we got if they go to college, I don't care where it's at. I'll talk to any college coach that wants to recruit them. That's where they're going to go. Because he played Division three too, so he kind of understands like lower level doesn't matter. And so this Twitter thing of like, well – I signed here, I signed here, or my recruitment's open, or like like you said, does a co- high school coach say, I failed you if you don't go Division One? No, you didn't, but some think that way. Or is it the mm. parents? Like, are the parents living their dreams through the kid? You have to go here because I went here, or I played in the NFL, or I played Major League Baseball. You have to do this. And I think that's a whole other pressure that's been happening. Yeah, no, it, it, there's – man, there's just so many – influences I guess in a kid's life and and think they're at this age like it's probably got outside of marriage career choice you know in the end whatever that looks like right with you know we all have that go through that man kicking your school is it's top five in your life you know not counting you know I mean it's you stop marriage kids career and outside of that where you go to school and and they're making that decision at 17 and I remember when I was 17 I mean geez man like Luckily for me, I made a great decision and it was a great fit for me, but there's, a, I guess that was a long, there's a lot of pressure on that kid, you know? And so, and, and to make the right decision, you know, because if you're wrong, the transfer portal overflows, which is kind of where we're at today, <laughs> you know? And so the cool part is, you know, we've talked social media a little bit. The great part is now, so little Bethel college, right? You would have never heard of Bethel college if not for social media, or at least not in any depth. 
But now kids get to see our highlights. They get to see um, pictures of our players. They get to see coaches. They get to, you know, they get to see me putting Peaky Blinder stuff out there just because that's what I was into at the time. And um, I made a statement I was going to do Peaky Blinders for a year, and I've done a pretty good job of that. You know, every now and then I go outside of it. I go to the office too, but generally Peaky Blinders. And so, but they get to, oh, these are coaches and they're real people and they have fun and all that good stuff. So it is pretty cool to um, – you know, to see what social media has done. So I, I guess that was a long way around to say that's what social media can be positive in that regard. You know, so now that if we, if we were to sign a kid out of Illinois and they pop on our Twitter page, it's like, Oh, they can just start, you know, they start scrolling and they can see, okay, they, they, you know, to where a kid can get excited about that. And so, you know, the, the downside is it's, you know, it's a social media public forum where you can, you know, you get craziness and, you know, there you go. But, (laughs) but it's, it's Twitter. It's not that serious. That's kind of where we look at it. You know, we just kind of, you just got to, you laugh things off and there you go. So, Yeah. It's easy to argue on Twitter for 240 characters. <laughs> then you can ignore it. Um, but I've done hey, well, it. Hey, well, here's the deal, coach. You know, the topic of conversation for a while was we ended up blocking a lot of people on Twitter. Okay. And we got like a lot of flack from these college coaches in our state for it. Okay. Um, so there was a big deal and I actually I'm laughing because I know one of them and he was like man what's going on you know and it's like hey he's like hey you're 40 years old why are you text messaging me mad at me for blocking you on Twitter you're like <laughs> you know stop it you know what I mean and so it was all funny but it was just hey we work really hard to put our stuff out there man like it ain't personal like it's Twitter it's dumb like you know but why would we we work really hard and we do a lot with social media like why would we openly advertise that for all the others you know there's like 13 small schools in the state of Kansas you know I was like why would we do that you know and so we catch a lot of grief but you know when I first got hired Bethel had not won a game in 100 years like really bad but you know everybody and I and I was a high school coach so I knew all these guys and so we were everybody's friends at first but then when you start winning and you know win the conference all of a sudden that was a that was a pretty easy target but Anyway, that was a long story short of we just, you know, Twitter's dumb, I guess is the point. It's powerful. It's cool. It's cool and dumb. We tell kids this all the time, so this is nothing, not, no one's heard. It's like it's awesome and the dumbest thing ever. But, you know, we do – I don't know if you've seen it, but on Mondays I, I do a Twitter – I used to do the Twitter Live, which was like Periscope. Mm-hmm. Well, now I do a – we do a Twitter space, and we're just, te- we're just talking to our kids, man. We're talking to our kids. Like, our, like our, right now we're focusing on the incoming freshmen, and we're just doing a Twitter space. They can log in. It's essentially like a podcast is what it is. Right. And I'm talking with our players about, hey, what do you need in the dorms? I mean, we were talking about shower trays, pillow top, uh, pillow top mattress covers, and Ethernet cords for their video gaming system. But we just spent – I was on the – I was doing a Twitter space for 30 minutes. Every one of our incoming players was listening to it, and they got to hear one of our players tell them exactly what they need for their dorm room. And so, I mean, it's pretty, so it is cool in that regard. Right. And so, you know, there, I saw a bunch, there was other guys popping in. I saw, I mean, there was, you know, cause you can see who comes on there. There were high school coaches that popped in that. And so the cool part is now if you're a high school coach and you pop into that, you're going to get to hear me talk to one of my players, talk to our incoming players and see, Hey man, we do things right. We're, we're treating kids, right. We're trying to be as prepared as possible. Um, it used to, we, we used to have it when it was on, when over COVID we were doing that. And you could record, you know, it was recorded and saved. The, so the bad part of spaces is it goes away. You okay. know, you can, like send, the cool part is when it was on Periscope, we could send that link to people. And if they missed it, they could basically listen to a podcast with me and our offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and truly get to hear who we are. So that's been, 
So we just use Twitter though. Like we don't do Facebook and Instagram. We only use Twitter. Like that's just, Hey, we're on Twitter. That's what we're on. And so I don't know. It's, it's been pretty cool though. So I don't know if you saw that or not, but like this Monday we're going to go on at eight o'clock and we're going to do something else. We're going to just me and one of our players is going to talk about something that these incoming players need. And so I don't know. It's been, I don't know. It's been pretty cool, but like, I didn't get that when I played. So I don't know if that spurs anything, but it's a, it's a bizarre with Twitter, you know? Well, it, I think we said earlier, it depends on how you use it. You could use it to argue with people all you want. If that's what you want to do, great. But don't be mad when you do get blocked. Or don't get mad when somebody argues back with you. Or are you going to use it for recruiting? Or are you going to use it just to be like, not even recruiting, just be like, look, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And I use it for podcasting. I use it for sports updates. I use it yeah. for whatever. Have I gone in arguments with people? Yes. I debate LeBron James stuff and Michael Jordan stuff, but that's opinion. I have debated wing T spread stuff. Now, mm-hmm. some people I do that to, I'm just poking fun. They know I'm stirring the pot. <laughs> then there's some people that get personal and that's where I have to stop. And I'm like, okay, now we're getting to the Twitter part where you're, you're, you're pushing it too far. So just however you use Twitter is great. I, yeah. use it just, I put the podcast on every day. Like I share something. That's what I use it for. Then there's people that want to be hateful and that's fine. That's what they want to do. Great. But that's not for me. That's not for you. What you're, mm-hmm. what you just said, that's great. I didn't think of that because that, that thing is still new to me. That space thing. That's so new to me. I didn't know how to use it. So you're way ahead of me on the Twitter game. I didn't know how to use that. Well, you know, the, but, but the problem is it, it would be cool if you could save it. That, then it would be like it's a podcast, man. That's exactly what it is. But no, that's, that's been our deal. I think I saw, I think it was ice T came out and talked about like, he's blocked thousands of people on Twitter. And I was like, man, I need to, we need to send that to all these coaches that were mad that we blocked them on Twitter. It, honestly, the cool part, it, listen to this though. So if a coach that we blocked on Twitter is listening to this, let me tell you something. Okay. When you block someone on Twitter, you can't see their stuff either. Mm-hmm. And so our initial reason we did this, we said, Hey, we're blocking every college coach in the state of Kansas, everyone. So division two, K-State, KU, everybody, because I don't want to rip off any, we want to do this our way. So we don't want any outside influence. I don't want to see anybody in our conference. I don't want to see anybody. I want to do what we think is best. So that was our initial reason for blocking people. The funny part is I didn't realize it was going to make a bunch of people mad at us. Like, like it was personal. It's like, Hey, some of these guys were my friends. I'm like, no, like when we block you, we can't see your stuff either. Like it was simply, we had this meeting because I was a high school coach. Like I talked about, Mm -hmm. well, when we first started doing this, we, for lack of better words, didn't know what we were doing. We were a bunch of high school coaches that got this job. So we were going to, we basically for three, our first three months, we were just doing what we saw, which was like this whole Twitter. We were just basically copying everyone. Mm-hmm. So in June that I got hired in January. So that May, June, I was like, you know what? We sat in my office. I'm like, this is dumb guys. I wanted to block. Cause I was hearing, Hey, do you see so-and-so? They, they, my guys were like, did you see this? Did you see that? And I was like, stop it. So we just said, look, we had a block party in the office. It was straight block. <laughs> to build. So that's kind of how it worked out. Yeah, you said block party. Hey, so if you're on this and you were a part of that getting blocked, don't take it personal, bro. Uh, my cell phone number is 316-452-1305. There you go. Just give me a shout. It's all good. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, you said block party and Twitter might have just heard you and shut the internet down. Like, well, hold yeah. on. It was kind of, <laughs> kind of spying. And they were like, let's shut it down. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so you probably get asked this a lot. You keep saying you're a high school coach. What was the big 
change for you when you went from high school to college? Because I've talked, and as a head coach, not even an assistant, like I've talked to assistant or high school coach, I've become assistants. They said the biggest thing was recruiting. They've never done that before besides like the hallways. Mm-hmm. But to go from a high school to being a head college football coach, no matter what level, what was your big like, oh my gosh, should I have done this? Like, like it's a big adjustment. Um. I think initially recruiting, but we, we learned really quickly. Part of it was this whole, you know, the whole, the jokingly about the whole block party thing. But when we stopped, because what do you do? You just think, well, I've got to do what everyone else is doing, right? Is You think coaches, oh, they all do this. When we stopped that mindset and said, forget this, do what, have a vision for our program, which we have, and do it our way. That was huge in recruiting. And that changed the game for us. Just not pretending to be other people. And I know it sounds funny not to refer back to the blocking thing, but when we shut, when we took our, when we just narrowed our focus and said, Hey, what do we want to do? And we took all those, we didn't have to see other people's stuff. That was game changing. Number one. And then number two, uh, this sounds funny, but our first game ever when I didn't have huddle sideline was like, Oh, didn't even think about that. You know? And so I had our principal at the high school. I was at, we were a beta partner for huddle. So my principal's son was one of the lead engineers for huddle. Okay. So we had huddle sideline before it was a thing. I mean, we were using that during the beta, the testing period. And it's just one of those little game day things you don't think about. But our first game, when our kids came to the sideline and I didn't have an iPad to look at the replays, I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to get way better. And we got thumped that game, by the way. And so that was huge. Like get, getting to where, okay, we had to adjust how we operate because we couldn't rely on that. So I know that sounds really funny, but. Man, if you think about having sideline replay to not having it, like that was definitely that was one of the moments that stuck with me, whether it's big a deal or not. It just it was one of those days I was like, oh my gosh, how did I think of that? Um, so that was the thing. But outside of that, it, honestly, kids are kids, man. They're no different. Um, the coolest part. So I don't even know on the negative side. I haven't regretted it one second. I, I don't see myself ever coaching high school football again. The coolest part is kids are older. I mean, a twenty-year-old kid is just different, you know. And so. Our, I tell everyone, my, I mean, I have a long story and history on, I mean, I was a, when I was 29-year-old head coach at a 6A high school in Kansas, I was a jerk. I mean, quite honestly, I was a jerk to the kids. I was a jerk to our coaches. I took myself way too seriously um, for, for not, I mean, for what, right? It's not that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, no one's going to remember how many games I won in 2019 or whatever, 18, 17, 16. And so we had kind of reinvented ourselves a little bit when we got to Bethel. But what's been cool is these kids, I mean, we have 21-year-old men on our team. 22 year old men. It's just more, I guess the conversations are different and coaching's more like the coaching is more this tone between you and I mm-hmm. as opposed to now this was my fault, by the way, not every high school coach is an idiot. Like I was at one point, like, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just more of a, I don't know. The relationship is different, I guess. And it's a little more, uh, it's not pure because we are coaches and there's boundaries there, but it's definitely easier to relate to a 21 year old. And it's easier, I think, for them to relate to you. You know, I think we like to, I think every high school coach likes to say we're trying to help our, you know, coaches become better husbands and better fathers and better employees. And yeah, but 14 year olds aren't that concerned with that. Now you do want to help and I'm not saying that's bad, but I think when you get to this, this age level, like they really are engaged land like starting their professional careers i think it's just a little more i don't know it's just a little more easy to relate to that to that at that level to a kid and then lastly the coolest part has been is that you know they don't go home to parents and and it's not a not do parents we used to at the high school level we used to call parenting four years of temporary insanity and i'll be the same way 
So when my daughters are in high school, I'm just not going to be able to see their flaws the same way you can if you were their coach. It's just reality, right? They're my babies. Well, the cool part in college is they go, they live together in the dorms. They don't go home to mom. They don't go home to dad. They, they have a hard practice. They have hard workouts and then they go home and they're together. And I think that helps. It speeds the whole team culture process up a lot, you know, and I think that's, um, that's been the funnest part as far as that, as far as challenge, they're 21 and 22 year olds. That's the only other thing, you know, so it's kind of two-sided. So. I feel like, I can have adult conversations with an 18-year-old, 17-year-old, but you have the real adult conversations. Like you said, they're about to graduate college and go pay bills and do this. I'm talking about they're either going to go work or they're going to go to college. It's one of the two, or the Army. It's a little different. Like, we're the stepping stone. We have to get them to believe that. Then when they get to college, this is the next step of how it believes. So that kind of – it just rolls back to if – the college recruiter has a relationship with the high school coach too. Then they know, well, I know this college, this coach is going to continue what we're doing. If we're Mm -hmm. doing the right thing, some high school coaches don't do the right thing. We all know that, but yeah, I was that coach. So, so for sure. I mean, I I was not perfect by any means. Oh, I had to learn. I was the coach. I kept his mouth shut. Then I became an OC at like 24 or 25. And I thought I knew it all. I was this yeller. I was hooping and hollering. And then when you go all in nine, that one time being the OC, you're like, wait a minute. I know I would brag, oh, I could get you 30 points, but we're not winning. So I was like, is it really great? And then took a step back. That's my whole story. It was like, I had to take a step back. I had to restart my image and now it's back to what it should be. But I was that person too. Like I was hooping, hollering, yelling, I was doing this. Now I'm not. I still get after it. Don't get me wrong. We're going to get after yeah. it, but it's different. I, before I would snap and you just never snap back. I could snap real quick, get after a kid, and then turn to the next game and be like, so what's going on today? Are you doing okay? Like something like that. It's just yeah. – it's different. Yeah, no, no, I agree 100%. For me, that journey was, you know, through FCA and 3D coaching. And so, I, no, man, I – trust me, it's – I am far from perfect and I have plenty of flaws, you know. And so, it's, um, owning those has been awesome for me and, and been a big part of my growth as a coach. And That's the time. Um, yeah, I can't remember. You guys run like the flex bone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what made you say that? We're not, we're not talking scheme, but I'm just curious because the whole air raid spread, whatever. I mean, I even talk to coaches. What defines a spread anymore? Like I even asked myself that, and it was Coach McPherson again. I talked to him. I was like, "What defines a spread offense?" And he was like, "I don't know." And then the OC at Saint Xavier, he told me in his world spread is formation so if you're two by two spread them out that spread you bring a tight end and it's no longer spread so it's just different but what made you say it's a, it's a shotgun snap there you go if you're that's shot I, you're spread that's what i thought i thought it was shotgun you're doing that but then you see um the gun t like their their pistol their shotgun running buck sweep or not buck sweep wing t stuff they're mm-hmm. not throwing it so i'm like so is that spread anymore but that's a system it doesn't matter at the end of the day, football is making this circle. It's coming back to wing stuff. It's coming back to option. Like, I played in the power I triple option. Like, that's what I played mm-hmm. in. So, I know. But what made you say, we're going to be flex bone? And you, you, well, and you got to the championship game, so it works. Like, you get there. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, yeah, we won. We won our conference this year. Um, we averaged forty-three and a half points a game. We were top ten. We were top five scoring offense at one time. I know. I don't know where we ended, but we were definitely we were number two scoring offense at one time. Um, we, yeah, we we've been pretty successful. Number one rushing team in the country at any level for the last two years. I mean, yeah, I do it because number one, I know it and I'm passionate about it. And it's just how I see football. You know, I think it's played in my strength. And I mean. It's, when I watch the NFL, my brain, it's not like – if I'm watching something on TV, my brain is thinking flexbone. It, it's just how my brain works. So, I'm not – outside of that, um, we've been very successful. Um, I was a spread quarterback. So, I was in high school, threw the ball 40, 50 times a game, and then uh, got to college, played spread quarterback, got moved to flexbone tight end with a coaching change, and we immediately got better with all the same players. And so, that was kind of my initial introduction to it. And it's just – what I've always wanted to do. I mean, I don't know. It's just how my brain works. And I think it's, um, I just think it's a great offense and explosive. I've been very fortunate, even at the high school level. Um, I've never coached a year that we scored under 40 points a game you know, from, from 2016 to now. So I've never been on, I take that back. We were like 36 points a game my first year here. So, but it's, it's explosive and it's, um, I think it's really hard to defend. And I think it's, uh, I think there's a beauty to it. I think the, you know, the way the O-line can play and get pretty nasty in there, it's not fun to play against. And so, you know, that that's why I like it. And, you know, you talk about the unselfishness, all that stuff. But I also think it, it truly is when you have – we have two dynamic receivers. Um, it's pretty hard to stop us. You know, you just have to be bigger, faster, and stronger. And so, you know, it's like if you just copy Lindsey Wilson's plan, you're – you're not going to stop us unless you have their mic and their free safety because that was the problem. You know, they were those guys are phenomenal players. I don't even remember their name, but they were – it wasn't that they did something special. They were just – we couldn't block them, you know. And so, anyway, but that's that. You know, I, I think the problem – one of the issues with the offense is – and I don't want to get into this because I, I always tell – when I when we had clinics, we had Mike Seawalk at our spot and we had um, – Kenny Wheaton comes every year. I try to tell people, it's like, look, this offense ain't for everybody. So there's no reason to get on Twitter and try to convince people that KU needs to run the flex mode. Like, it's just not – not everybody wants to do this. One of the issues is when you if – a, if a coach gets a job at a school that's not very good, what do they do? They run flex mode. Well, they already weren't very good. And so it's, it's kind of this offense has got associated with, with that, where you do it with bad players. Well, I ain't ever done that because I've only had good players. I've only had dudes. I've only had guys that can run. And we've been lighting people up since 2016. And so I don't mean that sounds very arrogant. I'm not trying to put it that way, but it's like, it's no different. I mean, there are great spread teams. I mean, just great spread teams out there that score. And we have them in our conference. I mean, phenomenal coaches with great players. Well, we have those great players too. Our, our offense would be explosive no matter what we did. Um, you know, there are some, obviously I favor what we do because we can bring in the old linemen that can be good at it, but that's a whole nother story. But that's why I do it. Um, you know, and so it's just not for everybody. I think, but so one of the issues is that, right? This idea that, well, if I get a bad job, what people consider a bad job, I'm going to run flex bone. Well, that's not the offensive fault, man. You just, you're not gonna be good no matter what you do potentially, right? Or you're going to struggle. That sounds really bad. You're going to have to have a different plan. And so 
I think that's one of the things that's kind of stopped the flex bone from being even more popular. But, you know, is that, uh, you know, anyway, but that, that's what I love about it. And I try to tell people, look, it ain't for everybody. It, it's just what I love and it's for me. And so it's been, it's been pretty cool to, to, to be successful at it. And, and we want to be the best at it. And so I think our staff is on pace for that. We want to be the best at it at any level, anywhere in the country, arguably statistically, maybe we are. Um, but you know, it's been, it's fun and it's what I'm going to do. And if I'm, if we ain't running flexible I'm just not coaching anymore. And I don't, I just don't want to do it. It's just what interests me. Right. And it's just like you. And then the flip side of that at the high school level, you coach in Illinois, right? Right. You, and if you're, let's say you're an air raid guy. I don't even know if you are, but let's say you're an air raid coach. I'm a flex bone coach. I can go in any high school in America and in, in, in Illinois and I can find an option. I can find a flex bone quarterback and I can adjust my offense to be very good. You can't do that in the air raid. You just can't. Now, when you have one that's special, it's, it's a, it's, it's pretty tough. Now I'm saying air raid, by the way, not, not if you're doing spread power. I mean, you know, you can run the ball, the gun, so I'm not trying to get into that argument, but if you're truly an air raid guy who wants to throw it 50 times a game, you cannot do that in every high school in Illinois. Mm-hmm. I can go teach my system in any high school in Illinois. And I know we're going to get first downs, score touchdowns and be productive on offense, whatever that means. And then obviously the pieces you have kind of affect that. And so that was kind of our deal. I was at an urban high school. It was easy to find a quarterback every year. You know, and that was uh, my mentor that I learned from. He was an air raid guy, and he went to Flexbone for that reason. Because when he had a quarterback, they were going to – they were top three in the state every year or when they had a quarterback. But when they didn't have a quarterback, all of a sudden they couldn't win three games. Went Flexbone, we've won 90% of our games over the last since, – since 2016. I think we're like 90% win. So, you know, and with different quarterbacks all the time. Yeah, you're half right. I'm just a fan of the air raid passing. I think it's very simple to me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the person that's like, well, how do I put this? I'm a person that's like, if you look at your team and you go, man, we got big linemen, we got a tight end, we can run the ball. You better run the ball somehow, some way, whether it's pistol spread Mm -hmm. or in shotgun to run it, flex bone, you better run it. If you come in and you go, man, I've got these track kids that are really fast. My quarterback can throw the ball for 12 yards uh, on easy enough. You better throw it. That's what mm-hmm. I think. Where you got some coaches like, we're just doing this. And in high school, like you can recruit kids to be like, I can do this. In high school, yes. they're like narrow-minded of like, this is what we're going to do. And never hey, you get, Yeah. Even And I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Wing T guys are the same way to me. Like, oh my gosh, you have this speed. Why don't you just throw it once or twice in my world, in Illinois? Nope, nope, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then now what you're seeing is kids are leaving high school and going to the high school across town because they're getting mad with that. That's just my world of like going back to what you said earlier about coaches not adapting to recruiting. We have to adapt to different things. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm learning how to do buck sweep stuff all over again because we're going to run the ball. I have to go back and relearn that. So I'm friends with flexbone guys or wing T guys because I want to learn like how do you guys block mm-hmm. this? How do you block this? If we go this, how do you block this? Instead of getting on Twitter and arguing with people about how it's stupid to throw the ball, how it's stupid to do this, I'd rather be friends and learn. And if it works for you, it works for you. I love the flex bone. I like watching it. Um, I don't know if I want to coach in it. I like being in shotgun, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I love the flex bone. I understand the option. If I can incorporate that into a spread look or a shotgun look, I'm going to do it. And that's just me. I'm stupid simple that way. Yeah, well, what you wish talk about, it's adapting and evolving. And, you know, for us, evolving isn't like changing our formation or changing, 
shotgun step, not shotgun. For us, evolving is what defenses are we seeing? How do we need to evolve our techniques to make sure we're, you know, so we don't get stubborn that way. So what's weird is our evolving doesn't look like it is, even though we are adapting year to year and evolving the offense, you know. But what you talked about, my uh, offensive coordinator and running backs coach, we drove down to Tulsa and we met with Dub Maddox. So we, we met with Dub Maddox for about an, oh, a little over an hour. Um, our offensive coordinator has been in constant contact with him, and that's how we're evolving. You know, we're Dub's obviously doing great stuff, and he's pretty popular across the country. We're we're saying, okay, what are you doing really well, and how how can we incorporate that into what we do to obviously, you know, simplify our game? And so, what we are doing, we love how we run the ball. We think we have a great system to you know be successful at that. And so it's like, okay, so what's the missing element? You know, we 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 were number one in the country in pass efficiency last year, so number one in the country. Um, by by a long shot. I think we threw 17 touchdowns and five picks. Um, but if we can evolve that, you know, these areas of the field, like how do you attack areas of the field? And so your offense, wing T, gun, dude, there are so many great coaches out there. Look, it don't matter. That's why when I see people argue on Twitter, I just laugh like, bro, this, why are we, it doesn't matter. Like, I like Facebook, you like wing T or gun. Well, it doesn't matter. If you can, if you have a way in your system to attack every area of the field, who cares? It doesn't matter. And your kids will know that. And they'll be, as long as they understand that, I do think kids haven't changed, but we teach the why. Our kids know the why. Um, if you come in, our kids know a lot more about Flexbone than a lot of Flexbone coaches because we do teach the why. And so for us, you know, I'm looking at this whole thing. We want to attack every area of the field. And that's kind of what we did this offseason. And um, it's going to be interesting to see if we can improve on a, you know, a pretty big year offensively. Um, and we think we can. And not even points per game. It's just about winning and the the threats and how how we get defended so maybe we we may not average 43 points or 46 points a game this year but if there's the threat to attack every other field and we win more because of it that was a huge success for us and so it's not all about points per game it's it is funny that you talk about people arguing about schemes like i don't comment on that stuff because we teach our kids just like me we don't get in twitter arguments because we we're, we're grown men but but it's like hey man it doesn't matter like you get to, that's the cool part about coaching. You get to do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> right. I, I kind of, I didn't used to get into the arguments, but I might stir the pot just because I knew what was going on. Now mm -hmm. I might just go, if someone says something, I might be like, oh, inside zone. Like, that's all I'll say. Like, oh, just run inside zone or, or something. <laughs> and they know, like, Steve, shut up. Like, you're just, yeah. or like, um, Coach Alba, who does the Chief Pigskin, I know him in Illinois. I might do that to him. Like, oh, you mean inside zone or wide zone? Or I go on his live YouTube and I might type in there, oh, you mean spread. And I'm just stirring <laughs> the pot. Like, it's it's in good fun. Then there's some people out there that say that are wing T coaches, like, oh, spread teams are soft and this is that. I'm like, okay, now we're getting a little crazy because they're not. Or like air raid team saying wing T's are boring. And I'm like, yeah. But if you're scoring 46 points a game, that's the whole or that's the whole point, right? Yeah. It's weird. Well, we live in this world, like people identify, like they attach what they do to who they are or whatever. I don't know how to say that right, but it's like, hey, man, like I just love Flexbone. I don't care if anyone else likes it. Like I really don't care. So it's all good, you know, and, um, and it's the same way they side. And, and I personally, even at the high school level, the teams we were competing with were very good spread teams and great coaches. And so, man – I have a respect for them, and I, and I think they respected us because we played in these great matchups. Well, the same is true in our conference. There are – man, there's so many former coaches of the years in our conference. Like our conference – almost every – I bet 70% of our teams in our conference, their coach was the coach of the year at one point. There's just – there is very good coaching in our conference, and so I have seen everything. There, 
great spread teams. There's teams that are way better at screens than others, but they have they play to their strengths and they do a great job. And so, hey man, it doesn't matter. Like, do what you got to do to win and what your kids like. And, and I just want to say this for everybody listening: if you're a coach that's so narrow-minded that you can't look at something different to say, can we do that? and not replace your system. Like, you're going to keep your system, but it's like just that one play. We could be up 38 to 32, and we need to get this first down, but let's do something I've never seen, and you get that first down to win the game. That's all that matters. We can't be so narrow-minded. And, like, every year something changes, and I always tell high school other high school coaches, I've gotten this kick of giving back to younger coaches. I've been doing this for 13 years, which doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a lot, but it is. I'm 30 years old. I've been coaching since I was 18. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to younger coaches. So all my YouTube videos, I'm I'm doing stupid, simple offense. Like I'm showing how simple ways to do things. And I always say like, if you don't do everything you can for that kid, they're going to sniff it out real quick. So when mm-hmm. you're asking them to run, go study, go do this, but you're sitting there not researching, not communicating with coaches, you're not doing this, they're going to sniff that out real quick and you're not putting them in a situation to to be successful on the field, in the classroom, whatever. They're going to sniff that out and not listen to you they're done. And we have the easy job. We're not running anymore. We're not putting mm-hmm. on the pads and hitting. We got the easy job. This is easy. Mm-hmm. So that was my big thing of like asking why you did the flex bone. I love the answer because it's like, and then you're meeting with other people outside of that realm. To be like, can we incorporate just this one thing into the offense to just open it up? Can we maybe just do this one little tweak? And I'm going to ramble here for saying like Army, you watch Army do a lot of zone dive now. You didn't see that for a while. Now they're starting to do that. Munkin, his whole his half of his family is in Illinois where I, I know them. So that they, they talk to me about it all the time. Oh yeah, he's doing zone dive stuff. He's not doing this. He's not doing this. Because he's adapting. He's figured out that these little tweaks help them win the game. So I wanted to say that before the internet shut off again. Like you have to get that out there. <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. It's every, every coach does and it's fun, by the way. I mean, it's and I'm a defensive guy anyway at heart. So I love it, man. I just love learning from other people and I just have so much respect for guys like that. And you go sit in a room, you sit in a room with Dub and you're like, oh, that's why you're so popular. Cause he's, man, what a sharp dude. If nothing else, you you walk out of that room like that dude is super duper sharp, you know. And so, you know, I do that with anybody I can. Yeah. Literally the last clinic I got to go in February before COVID, I watched him. He was up in, in the Chicago land area because I love in the suburbs now. He was there. And that was like the last time I got to be see people really wasn't that February, but I saw him just in that clinic. I'm like, oh, because I have his book. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're really smart. You really understand. Yeah. And he got all the coaches in the room. He was talking about his capped terminology. He got mm-hmm. the coaches. He was pointing at coaches like, well, what would you call this then out of my terminology? And they have to say it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the room, we were all talking. I'm like, oh, he's brainwashed us now. Like, we understand what's going on, but he's that smart. And he was so into it to get coaches to say, I just showed you my terminology. Now, what does this mean? Yeah. It's simple. It's really simple, actually. Yeah, you know, it's like he's, he's a master teacher, man. He's just a great teacher and great dude. So, I, um, yeah, I couldn't say enough positive stuff about him. And, that, you know, so for me, that's us, right? We want to be that way. We want to be a master of what we do, how we coach quarterbacks, how, you know, what steps we take as an O-lineman, what steps we take as our slots. Like, you can be that technical. But obviously for him, he's got, you know, he's written books and he's pretty popular right now. But you can be that technical and that much of a master teacher and technician at your position as he is. It's just a matter of putting in the time and the effort and the energy and, you know, humbling yourself to see what maybe you're not so great at and what you need to learn from. And so that's been that's kind of our goal. We want to be master teachers and uh, master technicians at 
individually at each position on our offense. And um, we know when you do that, whether you're wing, like we talked about again, wing T spread, I, it, dude, all offenses are great. If you're a master technician and a master teacher, you're going to be successful. And so that's what meeting with Dub did to me. It was like, you know, it's just a challenge. Like I think I'm, I like to think with the offensive line play and what we do, I'm pretty technical and I, and I'm very confident in what we do, but it's just reaffirming like, man, you got to invest in yourself. You got to invest in yourself. Always learn. Oh, you know, is it better? You know, all all that stuff. And so that's been, that's been pretty cool to see. And we're, we're excited about incorporating some of his stuff in our offense for sure. Well, coach, before the internet kicks us off, we can wrap this up. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Hopefully you didn't, I didn't waste all your time today during the summer. You could be doing fun things out there in the summer. (laughs) No, you didn't waste any time. I appreciate it, man. I, uh, Hopefully, we're, you know, I'll be a fan of yours now, and hopefully you can be a fan of ours. And uh, when you see Father Abraham stuff on Twitter, at least now you can put a face to it and know who we are and what we're about. And um, for anybody out there, man, connect, whether you're a Flexbone guy or whatever, just probably just with the, you know, we made fun of Twitter a lot. But, you know, hit me, hit, shoot me a message on Twitter and love to connect with anybody to get back any way I can. And, um, you know, we're just uh, – we say we make the big time where you're at, and that's what we're trying to do here at, you know, Little Old Bethel College, and we're really proud of what we've done. And, you know, I appreciate you, uh, you know, di- that whole spring stuff and now, you know, dealing with the – between that and this internet deal, man, I, I appreciate you having patience. No, I'm easygoing. I'm more worried about me looking professional to a to <laughs> another coach. Like, man, this guy does not know what he's doing. He looks like a <laughs> man in Illinois. He doesn't know what he's doing. And um, But guys out there listening up to this point, I can contest. I sent him a message. He was real quick. To get to just, and he was real patient with it. So just shoot him a message about football, and I think he'll get back to you. As long as it's not air raid, it cannot be. Exactly right. Don't, hey, don't come at me with any shotgun snap nonsense. You can go to Coach T for that. You can come to me about like uh, what we call big uh, grown man football. I don't want any shotgun snap nonsense. <laughs> all right, Coach, thank you guys, and thank you guys for listening. Go check them out on Twitter. I'll retweet them all the time now, all the time. I appreciate that, bro. Thank you, man. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.